You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast episode 254, brought to you by New York Comic Con, Comedy Central, Discount Comic Book Service, and iFanboy listeners like you. I know a spell that would make you well. That you are sick iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast episode 254. My name is Connor Kilpatrick and I'm here with Ron Richards. I showed up. And sitting in <laughs> for a suddenly debilitatingly sick Josh Flanagan is our very own Tom Caters. I got nothing else to do. <laughs> it means I get to sleep indoors one night this week. <laughs> and so Josh was in, uh, came down with a cold and wasn't feeling very well, so Tom was gracious enough to uh, you know, make a gap in your busy schedule to join us. Yeah, I, I I moved some stuff around. I moved, I moved, uh, I moved some of my staring at the wall time to tomorrow. And, uh, you juggle, you juggled some of that. I'm juggling, juggling the starting of my glass and stuff, and uh, it's working out good. The DVR is recording my shows. I'll watch them later. You know, this this is if you're counting at home or playing along. This is the third time that Josh has not been on the show when he's had to his, when he's been had to pick of the week. So you keep these arcane stats about this show. <laughs> you know what? That's like, yeah. Last time it happened, I also guessed it on the show. Last, <laughs> last time it happened, the Cubs happened to have beat the Cardinals and it was just, <laughs> on a freak triple play in the eighth inning, which never happened before. Oh, God. Anyway. We are on. at com. We like comics. We read comics every week. We read a bunch of comics, or like this week, a little bit of comics. <laughs> one of us picks the best one, writes about it on the website, talk about it on the podcast, along with other books of the week, other topics of interest. And before we get to the show, two things. One, if you're... Looking forward to New York Comic Con news about iFanboy, then you'll he'll hear that at the end of the show. So stay, yeah, tuned, stay tuned to the end. And two, this is a review show, so there'll be spoilers. If you haven't read your books yet, pause the show, read your books, come back. Things will be much more harmonious for all of us. Now, Josh had to pick, but he's sick, so <laughs> I'm just going to read his pick of the week review. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> no. Uh, his pick was Action Comics 893 from writer Paul Cornell, artist Sean Chen. This is the, th- I think, the fourth issue or the third issue of Paul Cornell's run on, Le- on Action Comics starring Lex Luthor. And fortuitous that you're here, Tom, because the main yes. attraction for this issue was Gorilla Grodd. <laughs> it w- yes, and it was, it was great. It's fortunate that um, two of us read this thing and, and enjoyed it. So yeah, thank thank God, that's because I didn't <laughs> thank read God, it. <laughs> thank God that some of us read it. Otherwise, <laughs> it would have been an awkward beginning to it. But uh, it, the main attraction was uh, Gorilla Grodd was... Uh, the villain of the month for Lex Luthor to fight this month. And uh, it was awesome. The Sean Chen art was mm-hmm. great. I could watch him draw Gorilla Grodd again and again and again. And Cornell does such a good job with these villains. Yes. Uh, um, they are sort of ludicrous in certain ways. Like Lex Luthor is he's ridiculous. Then that sort of ridiculousness, his hubris and all that comes out in like every – Thing that he does all the time, which sometimes is funny and sometimes it's creepy, and sometimes he, di- he dials up evil. each villain's each villain's thing a little bit. Yeah, Falconos, which is nice. It, it's a little bit over the top, but it's in a good way, in a funny way. I mean, in this, you know more about Gorilla Grodd than I do. I'm assuming, and I yeah, I didn't, I wasn't aware that he liked to eat brains. Well, he's he he's been much more bloodthirsty. Back in the day, you never see him taste anybody. In the 60s, or, he didn't eat brains? <laughs> in the 60s, Silver age never, sensibilities, right? Never bit, yeah, he never bit anyone. He showed <laughs> no interest in eating humans, but uh, uh, since he, I think when John's reintroduced him, he became a bit more bloodthirsty, but this would be the first time that we've seen him eat brains to uh, well, gain knowledge. <laughs> but it fits, you know? Go with in it. In this issue, Ron, so, so you know, Lex Luthor is off searching for the power behind the Black Lantern ring, and he... Oh, thank God thinks, he told me, because I was on the edge of my seat. I needed to he, know what he was doing. He thinks, <laughs> he thinks it's in the jungle, so he goes there, and he's confronted by Gorilla Grodd's army. And uh, we, we see Gorilla Grodd watching Lex's party as they troop through the jungle, and he 
goes into this room with it with a that's full of jars of brains, and he pulls one off the shelf that is one of X's Lex Lex Luthor's ex employees, and he eats the brain hoping to gain the knowledge of what this employee knew about Lex Luthor, and then and then he attacks Lex Luthor's uh, party with a giant spoon, yeah, his biggest his biggest combat spoon. And you see the the panel was on I fanboys best panels of the week feature. Um, he's going to eat his brains with a big giant combat spoon, and it was it was pretty awesome. <laughs> he decapitates someone with the spoon, yes. which and was uh, which was pretty sweet. <laughs> he decapitated Lex Luthor to not to be a robot. He put the, he stuffed the head in the mouth, and the head the head blew up. Um, but uh, he then captured the lowest, lowest lane robot that Lex is, is Lex's companion, and which is awesome in its own way. And <laughs> tried, uh, tried to eat her brains, but she was a robot. Um, it was a lot of brain eating. It was just it was it was over the top, but very 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 funny. Paul Cornell now, is really having fun writing this. I now, think. if it was over the top, I mean, does it does it fit in in the Superman universe? I mean, like I'm I don't yes. read to, you know so yeah. yeah, but all right. It's like I mean, everyone's it's not just, like just the, one little bit, and it's it's, it's it's fine. It's not like the beginning to Superman three, ridiculous. <laughs> you know, where people are falling and you know manholes and stuff. It's Come the, on, that was wonderfully choreographed. It was. It was, it was wonderfully choreographed. The guy it, looking at the girl, he's, he's painting the line of the road. The road <laughs> line goes weird, so the car follows the line. Come on. I mean, I it's that. all all the stuff that happens in it, all the things he's done with the villains, they're all parts of the villain. They're, he's not adding anything to them that isn't already apparent. He's just sort of dialing, him it, up, dialing it up and then putting them against each other. Because you don't see... You know, it's very much become Luther fighting a different villain every month, which has been a lot of fun because you see uh, Luther have to use all of his cunning to get past all these different villains who all have their own weird, uh, you know, idiosync- idiosyncrasies that uh, that I think most modern writers have a tendency to tone that stuff down, and Cornell seems to be instead like amping it up. Yeah, the, he embraces their their weirdness. You know, it's it's very much in the sense that we always say you got to have fun with these characters and enjoy them for the strange things that they do. And and you can tell Cornell really enjoys. I mean, Gorilla Grodd is a giant talking, super intelligent gorilla, and he's you know it's it's ridiculous at at its core. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So having him eat brains to gain the knowledge in the brains is not not, not that strange. Yeah. I'm sure there's a Gorilla Grodd fan who's like, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, an ape of science. Would not believe that you can gain knowledge from eating. <laughs> he's just—he's using his telepathic powers. He just likes the taste. He just likes the taste. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it could totally be that. Uh, so, that goes along with it. So wait a minute. So Superman three was the one with Richard Pryor, right? Yes. And that was the yeah. one with the with the evil Superman in the bar. Awesome. I love Superman. I, I, that, yeah. I, that as a kid, that scene freaked me out when he's with the, It was scary. Yeah. Oh yeah, so when he's flicking the peanuts at, when he's at the, the nuts at the mirror, like, oh god, it was like, oh, I want to watch that now. Um this was the issue with the with the Chloe backup, right? Yeah, Jimmy so that's the Olsen second part. backup. Well, yeah. Jimmy Olsen we should, we should mention before that is the final page of the main story is is revealed Lex is actually killed by Gorilla Grodd. Really? And he he stands over his body, you know, in that way that you do, you know you yeah. see in movies where the the dead spirit stands mm-hmm. up, and and there is death from Sandman. So this is the first instance we have of the Vertigo. Wow, DC. Bob Harris has been in the job for a week, and they, <laughs> they got a Vertigo crossover already. Yeah, it's happening. <laughs> wow, what's next? Swamp Thing. The page was well, just loose in the comic too. Like they added it at the last minute. Exactly. It just sort of slid in there. It was a cut and paste job from. Uh, yeah. uh, Chris Bocciolo issue, <laughs> um, and the backup story was the was the Nick Spencer Rising Star Nick Spencer uh, Jimmy Olsen backup story, which co-stars Chloe Sullivan from Smallville. So you've got two firsts here. You got a Chloe and a death appearance. So is, and, Chloe, uh, is Chloe? So is the backup? Is uh, so I probably should have read this for the Chloe because as Connor, as you can attest, I'm a, I'm fascinated with Chloe in Smallville and her role and my prediction that her death on Smallville is what will be the catalyst to have Clark become Superman. Which hasn't wrong. which hasn't happened yet, but um, so is it like U.S. fan fiction, Ron? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the line between fan fiction and reality. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. so, but um, so is this Chloe like now continuity or is it or as a, as a, as a kid? No, it's now. She's an adult. Fuck. She is. She is um, Jimmy's girlfriend in the beginning. Breaks up with him, and that uh, that's where the story starts. It, Jimmy died on a, Smallville, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Which is a waste. I mean, the Jimmy story is a perfect complement to the the Lex Luthor story because Nick Spencer kind of does the same thing with Jimmy Olsen. You know, Jimmy Olsen's not 
He's not Robin or Kid Flash. He's not going to become Superman at some point. He's yeah. Superman's pal. Right. You know, which is a totally different, weirder thing. <laughs> it's a weird... <laughs> like, like him and Superman, like, discuss strategy and how to handle situations. And, like, and that watch. And He's Jimmy's like Hank. Just, yeah. He's Hank. <laughs> and Jimmy's really just, like, a normal dude in a world filled with all kinds of crazy stuff. But instead of doing the rational thing and running away from crazy stuff, he just kind of, like, oh, I'm just going to run right into it, you know. And so... It, he amps up that portion of Jimmy Olsen that Jimmy Olsen gets in all kinds of crazy things right. that happen to him. But he, Jimmy Olsen's still a very recognizable character who speaks very much like a guy in his 20s and who happens to be friends with Superman and has girl troubles <laughs> and gets in and trouble for playing video games too much. Wants to play the Superman video game because he's in it. <laughs> that's, that's cool. But it's just a panel of him yelling, help me, Superman, help me. <laughs> I'm helpless without you. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I, I thought it was it was really well done, and I love Jimmy Olsen. Uh, I, I love old Jimmy Olsen stories, and this is a really great modern update of uh, of the really great Jimmy stuff before they just made him the guy who just kind of hung around in the background. Yeah. Now, Ron, if you have the DC app, you can read it for free. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, I don't, so there you go. All right, well, I, I still think you should get the issue. I think you might like it. Okay, maybe I'll check it out. Who knows? But, um... <laughs> Who knows? I'm just pissed. That's I'm a just, no. I'm just, That's a no. <laughs> just say no. Just, not, just own it. No. Uh, yeah, I might get around to it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I'm just pissed that Chloe's not dead in, the, in continuity. That sucks. She's, she's going to be Dr. Fate, I think, in the show. But let's, let's, let's talk. <laughs> really? You think so? That's my, my theory, anyway. Oh, Chew number 14 from John Lehman, Rob Guillory. Conti- just continues to be so fantastic well, and original. Original. It's it's uh, honestly for me it's continue it, it's it, it, the story for Chu is becoming less about the storyline and more about how good can Rob Guillory get. Yep. Like the art in this and especially in, and this was a lot of and I don't know if Gil, well no so it lists that Stephen Struble uh, well listen to this so so it says drawn and colored by Rob Guillory color assist by Stephen Struble with assistance from Chris Finolio. So, so, so Stephen is assisting Rob in the colors, and Chris is assisting Stephen with the assisting of the. Oh, that's crazy. But I thought the colors on this were like the 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 red tone for the for the flashbacks for when Chu t- you know takes a taste of the uh, uh, tasted the people's blood to see what had happened. Um, yeah. I thought that was a great effect. I thought the 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 scene in the movie theater between um, the 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 guy with the beard and the and the not Sam Jackson guy. Uh, the right. fact that it was in black and white was great, you know. Uh, they but were his, watching his, The Walking Dead. Well, I was going to say, those are the two things I want to notice. Did you notice that? So they're in the movie theater, and they're watching The Walking Dead, which is cool. But then did you notice the next page, his jacket, what the name tag on his jacket is? Oh, Hollis Mason. Yeah. So now I'm like, crap, how many little Easter eggs have been in this book that I've never noticed before? Oh, well, so, I've definitely found myself now looking at all the little things in the background of this yeah. book that I used to not. Like exactly. when there's that scene with uh where there he's he's casing the, the the office and there's boxes everywhere with labels and things I read all those labels I read all the uh, I'm reading everything now Yeah they the they they're they're, they're they putting, got you. Yeah exactly <laughs> like like all the books on the bookshelves and stuff like that like like now that they, I see that there's a little easter egg like there I want to go back and read every issue to see if it was there you know how much has been there that, that I haven't noticed you know so You just want to see if your name is in it somewhere no, Yeah I'm in a panel <laughs> Ron's Ron's in the Investment files, not porn. Box. Yeah, I saw. I noticed that too. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that's how I labeled mine. Not porn. Yeah. Everything that's not porn in my house is not labeled that way. I like that. Like on the wall, the guy had his GED and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah these new little Easter eggs that make it so much fun. I don't know, but the, yeah, the book is just so good all the time. And but, but for- the story is still really compelling. I, I, yeah. I like the the twist of you know Tony Chu's found the girl and they're really happy and they're having a really healthy relationship and then she finds the finger in his freezer. Yep, yep. Which she doesn't realize is evidence in a case, but. Is creepy because you don't want to f- yeah. be in someone's house, open it up, and find a body part in the freezer. That can, that that can ruin things. Yeah, so they're finding ways to keep it very interesting and always, to, you know, keep, keeping it unsettled, and no one's ever really truly happy, which isn't even to do in a long term story, but just a fantastic book. Yeah, I'm so, so, ha- good. so happy this book's successful. So, so you got you to gotta keep your body parts in a separate refrigerator. Exactly. It's a lock freezer. She's, she's coming over in a lockbox. Yeah, exactly. Lockbox, right by the lie. Yeah. <laughs> the lie. <laughs> the lie. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> it just got weird. Um, oh, hey, listen, I'm not from personal experience, just from research. <laughs> oh, hey, hey. So, uh, am I the only one still reading Captain America? With that? no, I'm, I'm still, really, I'm still, still hanging on. on. Okay, I, I jumped off a while ago. Okay, yeah, and I know Josh. If he was here, he would be saying, "I think he's either bailed or was about to bail." Um, 
Here, here's the thing. Well, for, I had two thoughts about this. Number one, I thought the art started out fine, and well, there's two inkers on it. Yeah, and it just deter- it just it just took a left turn and deteriorated. And three colorists. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, like there there was the one page where he pulls off Zemo's mask, and you see the yeah. whole disfigured, and you turn the page, and it's like a comical disfigured. Like it was, it was such a di- like the yeah. fact that they changed at that point in that scene. It was just, it was so bad. And again, just put Mitch Breitweiser on this book. Yep. Like, like it's it's Marvel it's staring you right in the face. Just oh, it, that that issue was perfect. But that said, and not to give a, 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 a too much of a plug or a nod to our one of our other podcasts over on iFanboy, but I was listening to Brew Baker on Word Balloon and to hear him talk about the upcoming trial of Bucky and like his how this is like. Like I, I'm actually really excited now because that sounds really good because and it feel like that's the story that they should have gotten to way sooner than this. Like it took you know. Yeah. Like, I feel like is that is this going to be the point? I'm still waiting for the point. Well, know, the, the, the point, point of having him be Captain America. Well, yeah. The point. Well, as as Brubaker explained was he's like he's like he he said he thinks it's kind of funny how he just you know brought Bucky back and made him the new Captain America and nobody's ever been like wait a minute you kill you blew up like half of Philadelphia and you committed these atrocities how how can he get away with that like no one in the Marvel universe has questioned it and okay. the idea of um, exposing that Captain America is also, is Bucky as well as a, a former Soviet assassin and now is going to be put on trial is genius it's like that's great like that's a gr- you know like that that's the story i want to read and and you know and maybe he's got a reason for it to have taken this long to get there but that's where he should have been going you know? Um, Listen, we love second acts in America. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> what about, about all redemption? Those, yeah. <laughs> what about all those uh, shield helicarrier pilots that yeah, steered exactly. the ships into the ground? Exactly. What about them? Where are those guys? Yeah. But um, so yeah, so this Zemo storyline. I mean, I love Zemo, and I thought. I mean, I didn't think this was this was awful. This past storyline, but it, it hopefully it the started next... off really, really strong, yeah. and it just got conventional by the well, end. Well, yeah, the thing is, it started off. I mean, go. It goes back to Zemo. In disguise, taking his mask off to reveal that he's still got the mask on. Yes, that was awesome. <laughs> that was great. But um, yeah, so hopefully the next storyline is is good and, and worth it because I find you know I find I find myself compelled to read it, and I'm the, I was the last person on board for it. You know, so I'm. Zemo's like one of those Russian dolls. He keeps taking masks off until finally you find a <laughs> tiny little pinhead. I'm telling you, that was great when he takes the the latex mask off and he's got the purple mask under it with the little crown. It's like, how does that work? Oh, that was great. But um, yeah, if they put Bright, if they put Brightweiser on this on go or, or get the art in place, and then if this trial story is good, then you know, then it could turn it around. I'm still hopeful, so I don't know. Tom, I almost bought Justice Society because the the description seemed interesting, but I ended up not doing it. That's why I did buy it. <laughs> and it two peas in a pod. It was very, I, because you know the description. It, it's Obsidian and Alan Scott. You know, father and son dealing with issues and james robinson is writing it and you think oh this should be kind of interesting this would be you know some real meat to this story because alan scott is a historically poor parent you know but he's especially bad yeah yeah i mean and obsidian is a you know a messed up son so yeah. you think reading the story there'd be a lot of interesting discussion about uh, between the two characters about their history and it's really just 75% a really long discussion about what happened in the previous um, <laughs> storyline, like explaining what happened, which, you know, is not great because I dropped that story because, I, you know, I didn't like what was going on. Yeah, I, I thought it was kind of boring. And I was like, oh, this is 75% confirmation of my previous gut feeling about what I was reading. And I kept waiting for it to get to the part where, Alan Scott and Obsidian would have some sort of like real discussion about, you know, like feelings and it never happened. And it just was really, I was really disappointed in it. You know, I was like, oh God, you know, this description sounded so awesome. It seemed like this could not fail and it failed a lot. <laughs> so it, it, I, I was like, uh, it, it seemed like two strangers talking to each other that someone had told them beforehand you're you are uh, playing a father and you're playing a son, and it's he like an neglected. acting exercise. Yeah, it was like a, a hello, bad dad. But I, you know, I, I've seen lots of bad improv. It was like it was just it was really disappointing. The art was pretty good by Jesus Marino. He's really um, good. He did really good art. I just wish the story would have been meatier. It just. It was it was an epilogue to the previous story, but usually the epilogues are cool. 
because it's like the moment where everyone sort of gathers. Decom- decompression uh, moment, yeah, that's usually the best yeah. part. And it just didn't get there, and so I, I was just, I was disappointed because I, I, I really love the Justice Society, and I keep picking it up every once in a while, like thinking, oh, I can get back into it, and I just. Well, 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 we we had that great Johns, you know, Eaglesham run, right? That, yeah. that that was so good, and then and then Willingham Sturgis, and then says like, but but it, uh, what did I see Guggenheim's gonna be writing it, and Scott Collins is gonna be doing the art. I mean, is that could they be getting back to what's good about the JSA? Or it could be. I mean, I I think you're not gonna have anybody who's gonna write it the same as Johns. Yeah, because a lot of people would say that Johns's version at times was mockish. You know, and overly sentimental. It, I, no. th- I didn't. Think it, I didn't think I enjoyed that portion of it, but I could see why people would think it is. And I, I think you need to be a very deft writer to sort of ride that line right. of overly sentimental. And I don't think a lot of people quite have the chops to do it correctly. I would just want like action and people talking to each other, like they actually know each other, and it, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know Sorry. who's in charge at DC right now, <laughs> but their job one should be fix the JLA, and job two should be fix the JSA. Yep, agree. Those should be flagship yeah. books. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So whoever's Get in charge, figure, figure out that org chart. Yeah. And someone make a decision because it's really <laughs> sad what's happened to those two. I mean, those are the two flagship areas. Yeah. Oh, no, I they're... just I just checked my email. I'm in charge. Oh, oh all right, Tom. Oh. Finally, we're gonna turn the ship around. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Here we go. <laughs> Oh man, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but so anyway, um, well, my pick of the week this week was uh, one month to live number five, and I t- I I suggested it in our light week post on iFanboy on Tuesday. Did either of you pick this up? No, it wasn't the final issue of a miniseries. Maybe. You didn't you didn't listen to me then because you missed out on even if you didn't read this miniseries. Remender wrote. McKelvey Drew, so it's like right, like you know, a pairing that I never even would have thought of. Two of my favorite creators, and they put out probably one of the most emotional, powerful, straight-laced Marvel Universe superhero kind of comics I've read in a long time, and it was great. It was great. Um, get a full page splash page by McKelvey of the Avengers, Captain America, mm-hmm. Iron Man, Spider Man, Thor, Wolverine. That was beautiful. Um, and this basically wraps up this five issue kind of little event about this poor guy who gets cancer and has one month to live and becomes, gets powers and becomes a superhero. And this whole issue is him, you know, uh, him and his wife and their niece who they've kind of adopted kind of coming to terms with, with him and his life and, and what, what to do after he's gone. And there's a, uh, there's, there's a, uh, a standoff in his neighborhood and a, 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 a villain comes in and he he deals with them and then the Avengers come in and get his back and they have him join the Avengers and then he dies and it was emotional it was rough I was tearing up but uh, it was it was great it was just it was so good um, so yeah so I, it totally paid off this was the uh, sleeper pick for me for this month if you ask me if you weren't reading One Month to Live definitely get the trade when it comes out because they, they I don't know where this came from it seemed Steve Wacker edited it and he wrote in the back of uh, on the on the letters page of every issue it seems like this is fairly a fairly personal project but um, they just they, they, they killed it if you ask me so <clears throat> yeah. killed it and him yeah, oh, yeah poor choice of oh. words but man I gotta tell you McKelvey drawing the Avengers not bad not bad not too shabby <laughs> Seriously, I mean no, I mean like we we always talk about it. we've seen him you know with phonogram and suburban right. memory draws like nor you know regular people and we haven't seen you know we've seen him do some stuff with the X Men but even then like his last X Men story had Cyclops in a suit the whole story you know like so um, but as he, the, as he should yeah exactly it looked great great haircut too <laughs> he's the CEO of the X Men you know? <laughs> yeah. but um no but his 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 uh, Avengers looked great looked really good so did you buy the pages Ron eh, not yet. But maybe <laughs> tempted, but um, but yeah, it was good. And, and Remender wrote the hell out of it, so uh, good job on both of them. So excellent, yeah, my pick of the week, hands down, easily. Both Rick Remender and Jamie McKelvey will be at the New York Comic Con, uh, which is coming up this weekend. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, October 8th through the 10th. Oh, oh, my God. It's less than a week away. Um, at the Jacob Javits Center is the New York Comic Con, the East Coast's biggest and most exciting pop culture convention. Uh, you know, there's only one New York Comic Con this year, and for the first time, they're taking over the entire Jacob Javits Center, which if you're from New York, you know, that's no, uh, that's, that's no small feat. 
I got it right, finally. I screwed that up last week. Um, <laughs> so they got some great guests, including McKelvey and, and Remender, and McKelvey's longtime uh, creative partner, Kieran Gillen, will be there. But also will be some other guys like Stan Lee, John Romita Sr., John Romita Jr., Brian Michael Bendis, Jeff Johns, Joe Casada, Jim Lee, Todd McFarlane, fan favorite J. Michael Straczynski, um, and also some great movie and TV stars like Bruce Campbell, Katie Sackoff, and a ton more guests. So uh, pretty much if you have any any sort of fringe genre geeky interest, someone will be there that will make you happy. So I guarantee you. Um, they're, they're still making tons of announcements about cool stuff that's going on. So definitely you don't want to miss, it out, miss out. Go to their website to find out all the cool stuff that's coming on that's going on at the show this year they've got a really new section that i know tom you're gonna enjoy this is gonna be your favorite part of the con tom i think all right it's called the cult yard yeah i love cults (laughs) and the (laughs) the cult yard is an oasis of pop surreal street street art and other subcultural art movements smack dab in the middle of new york comic-con uh, trust me, this isn't going to be like anything you've seen at New York Comic Con before. It's more than just a few aisles of toys and art. It's a community and interactive feel where attendees can stroll through mini galleries, meet artists, experience live art, and hang out and enjoy the atmosphere in the Cult Yard Lounge. It sounds bohemian. It's, uh, you know, it's it gonna, does. It's gonna Some be, of them are going to be hippie chicks walking around. Like, yeah, it's going to be like Paris you, in the 1880s. <laughs> you really need to emphasize that meet artists what doesn't mean that you meet them. It's meet spelled M-E-A-T. <laughs> People, I mean, we're talking about cutting edge <laughs> meat artists. Even better. Meat artists. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. Um, so definitely going to want to check out the cult yard if you're going to the show. If you haven't gone, if you're not planning on going to the show, you haven't bought tickets yet, there's still time. It's you got less than a week, but you can still get your tickets. So make sure you go to NewYorkComicCon.com and order your tickets now. So it's this Saturday, this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, October 8th, 9th, and 10th at Jacob Javits Center. NewYorkComicCon.com has got all the information, all the directions, everything you need to know. And stay tuned because later on in the show, we're going to talk about I fanboy at New York Comic Con, where you can find us, where our booth is, various things, the panels we're not on, parties, things like that. So uh, <laughs> go to NewYorkComicCon.com. Stay tuned for later in the show. Uh, it's going to be great. We're, I'm excited. It should be a fun time. So uh, Savage Dragon number 164. Savage Dragon still coming out. Uh, yeah, it, it is coming out. And it's awesome. Um, cool. uh, this is the second issue of the Emperor Dragon storyline, where for, for any, if anyone doesn't know Savage Dragon's origin, um, Originally, in the, when the first miniseries came out, he's found burning in the field, no memory of who he was, that sort of thing. Well, it turns out he was a evil emperor of an alien race that was coming to uh, take over Earth, and now his memory is back, and he knows who he is. He's this evil emperor, and he's just fucking shit up. And this issue, uh, he faces off against Vanguard. <clears throat> excuse me, who's the long um, Vanguard is the long, long-standing alien kind of watcher kind of character that Larson created way, way back when the series first started. And they're fighting over teleporting capability. And this is just a ton of fun. But what I noticed was Larson puts in neat little comic book process things that unless you're really paying attention, you don't you almost don't notice it's so subtle. But like he has two scenes going on in this book where um, Malcolm Dragon's son is fighting some vicious circle, you know, uh, bad guys. And at the same time, Dragon is fighting Vanguard for this uh, teleporting tape capability. And at one point in the middle of the book, it's one of those left-right situations where the left side is Dragon versus Vanguard. The right side is Malcolm versus the vicious circle people. And I just loved it. Like, I was reading, and, and not only that, but he had moments where dialogue was mirroring each other. Where, um, you know, where Vanguard on the left side of the page says, what, where? And then on the right side of the page, a character from the Vicious Circle says, what, where? Like, in the same linear kind of fashion. And he's doing these neat little experiments that are just so much... Like, when, you, when, I, when I discovered it, I was like, oh, cool. Like, I don't know. Just having fun with comic books. It's good stuff. So, that's why I wanted to Box talk solid. about it. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, since we're speaking of having fun... With uh, comic books, I wanted to bring up uh, Time Masters number three. If you haven't been reading it, sort of, it's been billed as the companion. I've seen to um, uh, the Return of Bruce Wayne, but I think that's a little bit unfair. I don't think you really. <laughs> Wait a minute, it's marketing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think you need actually to read Return of Bruce Wayne to get it. I mean, it's Rip Hunter, Booster Gold, Superman, and Green Lantern trying to find Bruce Wayne in time. And they end up in all kinds of crazy places with like sorcerers and um, tentacle demons, and it, 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 it's it's quite a bit of fun. And it's been great to see Rip Hunter's character get built up a little bit. As you see him have flashbacks to uh, his childhood, and it's it's been fun. And I've always enjoyed Dan Jurgens' um, 
working with Norm Ratmond. So it, it's been a real classic sort of they were on Booster, uh, adventurous. They were on Booster Gold together, right? Yep. It's yeah, very yeah. much a continuation from Booster Gold into uh, into Time Masters. Yeah. And I've been pleasantly surprised by it. Um, it. Number three was a little heavier on the action than the other ones were, but it still had some of the cool sort of Rip Hunter uh, childhood moments mixed in with it. And it, it's been a real sort of under the radar surprise for me. I feel like Is Rip I, Hunter I, I, still Booster Gold's kid? Yes. Okay. I feel I feel like I missed out on the series cuz I love time travel stories. There's a great scene right in the beginning of Rip Hunter as a kid with Booster Gold his dad uh hanging out with Brainiac 5, you know, <laughs> talking about time travel. Was Brainiac and, was Brainiac 5 uh looking down on them and, and No, he <laughs> was like he was like like talking to people of his own level, which I thought was kind of you rarely see that ever written i was like oh right yeah it's old you know he is the greatest hero that no one ever knew so it, <laughs> you know just like the book was built yeah. uh, and i thought it, it was good it was really good and it's really surprised me so um if you don't want to jump in at this point at some someday there will be a trade released of it so yeah well if they've ever, ever finished uh, return of bruce wayne yeah. Well, they just they just promote the guy's charge of trades. There'll be no more trades. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No more trades. <laughs> not let's, let's rename this block the Fun Comics block because <laughs> Avengers Prime number three is awesome fun. Oh my this, God, was it awesome fun? I love. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I love these. You know, Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man thrust into Asgard, fighting dragons and ogres and demons and elves and things that you don't normally see them doing and. Naked Tony Stark having to talk his way out of being killed by ogres and skating on a horse. Naked to- Naked Tony Stark on a horse had me laughing like so much. And what's really weird is that Ben, you know, so so Bendis is writing this as he's writing the other Avengers books, and I feel like the exchange between these three characters is different in this book than in the other books. It's like, yeah. it's I enjoy it more. Yeah, I enjoy it way book. more. Yeah, totally. I actually I I often don't find the way Bendis does dialogue works really well for me in most most of the Avengers books because things have to be arranged in a certain way for it to work. But it actually worked in this one really well. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it, it was great to see these three characters sort of interact that way with each other. And just when it got to the line where it was almost like, okay, we can move on to the next thing now, he would move on to the next thing. So he yeah. kind of balanced that really well. And I thought it was really... I thought it was really great. I mean, some of the humor was great. Was the yeah. you know was was the um you know like when when Steve finds Tony and asks why is he naked and he's like it's my new armor it's see through and he's like jokes really like I and the thing is that you know I know Bendis always does the yucks but like it totally worked and like the joke about the roller skates was great and yep. like oh it was it was so much fun and Alan Davis is the greatest penciler right now I think period this is he's there, nobody's art is is at like this is so good. I mean, it's he been, certainly puts on a clinic every time he does an issue. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's hard to discount that he's yeah. a master. Call him Doctor Davis. Yeah, this, <laughs> no, this is this is some of the best Alan Davis work I've seen in years. It's so, yes, it's so so good. Yeah, some great big big panels in here when when Thor gets sliced with the sword and uh, the big his, his hammer goes full. It's just great stuff, detailed, and he does good monsters really well. So that's yeah. one of the, one of the benefits of having Alan Davis on this. And book. Steve was making jokes too, which I thought was weird. Well, because Steve's having a grand old time with swords and shields yeah. and running yeah. around. Yeah, when, it, when Tony asked, do you know where we are? And Steve says, Reading, Pennsylvania. <laughs> You'd expect Steve to make more jokes about, like, food rationing. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> turn off the lights. You know, like, Bug, Bugs Bunny cartoons. Yeah. Oh, and we got to see, and I know this is the older Tony Stark armor, but it's the uh, malleable iron. You see the glove? Oh, the, the, yeah. best, the, the best Tony Stark armor ever? <laughs> exactly. The Tony Stark armor that's, the like. one that makes no sense but is awesome? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now I imagine as part of the fun block that Frankencastle is also fun. Talk talk about fun. Well, okay, so this was the I, I assume this is the last issue of Frankencastle and the yes. current Punisher run. Um uh, Frankencastle number twenty one. Remender wrote it, Dan Brereton on art. Before I get this story, if you like you youngins out there, I don't have to sound too old or whatever, but if you don't know the the wonderfulness of Dan Brereton, you need to go. You need to pick up this issue and see what it can be, and then go back and look for more stuff like Nocturnals and all that sort of stuff that he's done. Because Dan Brereton is is great, so good. Um, but this this basically, you know, remember that that crazy son of a bitch did it. He <laughs> he, he turned the Punisher into a Frankenstein monster monster, and then put everything back the way it was. 
<laughs> Wait a minute, you mean it all went back at the end? Yep, now he's... Uh, the Punisher wasn't a monster forever and ever and ever? No, it, I know, can you believe it? Now he's human again, and, and he's back in the city, and it ends It ends with an awesome um, little scene with uh, art by a- Andrea Moody and Luca Malson, who I've never heard of, but um, with Frank returning uh, to the city and taking out some drug dealers and leaving a message where he throws, you know, has one of the drug dealers get thrown out of a window with a little sign that says, the Punisher skull and just says, back. Oh, it was great. Is Joe Casada going to tell us that this didn't happen either? Probably. <laughs> but um, he never became Frankenstein. <laughs> no, but the 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 Frankencastle resolution made sense. It looked beautiful. It basically, uh, you know, after the big fight with uh, with Dakin and Wolverine, uh, Frankencastle goes back to Monster Island to heal, and he's got the bloodstone in him, and. Um, and basically, he spends you know months on weeks or months on Monster Island, and it slowly takes away all the Franken the, the Bloodstone takes away all the Frankenstein crap and turns him back into a man. And then the monsters show up and they say, "Listen, you can't keep the stone," so they, he gives him back the stone and he just goes back to society, goes back to the world. <laughs> so I mean, it, made, it made sense. It was good. So, oh, so Frank, you're not a Frankenstein anymore. Yeah, yeah, it was Bloodstone. Yeah, <laughs> Bloodstone. Yep. <laughs> And you know, and so wacky we, reset button punched yeah, exactly. It's the it's comic books wacky reset button, and we always hear about like their 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 jobs is to tell the stories and then put the characters back where the how they found them, and that's what he totally did, and it made sense. And I've got no qualms with it, and it was a blast. It was a ton of fun. Probably, I'm looking forward to this trade. I've I've been I read the first issue, really liked it. I don't know why I didn't get the second one, but yeah. uh, you're gonna like you're gonna like this a lot. And the Bre- Burden art is. I mean, I don't know if you guys are as big a fan of Burden as I am. Well, not that I'm not a huge Burden fan, but it's one of those things where I appreciate. And I don't think gets enough appreciation. I like Brereton yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, good stuff. The only problem is the nature of his work means he just does like one issue here or there. Exactly. And it would be cool to get a, a, a chunk of him just because his style is so unique yep. that when it shows up, it like pops. Yep. Sometimes it's really good and sometimes it can be a little like, oh, hey, look, look yeah. at this. Yeah. Well, I got I to gotta be honest. He, he, he drew or painted a long-haired, bearded uh, Punisher to be quite the attractive man. So. Ooh, Hello. Whoa! Yeah, he was all lo- it was all lost. He was all you know. Is it like in a Sawyer vein? Of yeah, like totally. Yeah, roguish, totally. Uh... A little a little cross between Sawyer and Jack, I think, because the hair was long, but the beard was there, and it was yeah. He's got a knife, so yeah, it was good. But anyway, so those are the books that came out that we enjoyed. But a whole bunch more books came out, and you can find them all at ifanboy.com/comics. And a lot of you, uh, well, not so many of you this week, because it was a really light week for books. <laughs> it was fifth week. I didn't even realize it was a fifth week. Until oh, it was I a fifth week. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's, that's why. why was Welcome to the fifth week. But we didn't have a fifth week event. Dun dun dun. No, we just had no books come out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, kids, ten years ago, we would have had. 20 books come out from both publishers <laughs> to fill in this week. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember Girl Frenzy from DC? There was all kinds of horrible Yeah, the 1 million, the 1 million epi- uh, issues. Do you remember that? Oh, God. Okay. Anyway, so, but uh, some more books came out. Some of you read them. Some of you wrote reviews of them. And our first review from the iFanboy, uh, iFanbase, iFanboy community is from Through the Brush, who reviewed Captain America Patriot number two, gave the story a five out of five and the art a five out of five. And at the time of recording, nobody thought this was the pick of the week. Um, and Through the Brush says, in a week with a lot of predictably excellent books, interesting, this issue was a pleasant surprise. Little has been written about Jeff Mace, the second man to take up the, the mantle of Captain America between Steve Rogers' death in 1945 and his revival on Avengers number four. Here, Mace is fleshed out to become a fully realized character. A former reporter and second-string superhero is just beginning to understand the pressures of the giant shoes he's trying to fill. His menagerie of gold—wow, nice words. His menagerie of golden age supporting characters is similarly well used, serving as a reflection of both the comics and the real world of the late 1940s, and continuing the overall renaissance of Marvel's golden age history. I'm especially delighted by Mace's coworker and friend Mary Morgan, who becomes a superhero herself to follow in his footsteps. And the issue surprise cliffhanger ending certainly makes me want to read more. So I've heard lots of good things about this. I haven't read it, but I've heard people talking about it. Yeah, it's crazy talk. It's good. Crazy talk, if you ask me. They really, they really are. Pushing those golden age heroes, aren't they? They really are, which is weird. So I didn't even there know. Was a book, I didn't even know Jeff last Mace... week that had one. Who was, what book was that? We were talking about it. I don't know. I didn't even know Jeff Mace existed. I don't know. There's is this the guy. crazy guy in, in Brubaker's book, or no? no that's, that's the fifties no. cap, right? <laughs> yes. Right. There's been a lot of Captain Americas. Who knew? And we all get up in arms when Bucky takes the mantle, when there's been like nineteen <laughs> already. Jesus. No. Well, got to keep the propaganda machine it's rolling. Just a, just a tool of the capitalists. <laughs> 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 That kind of talk's gonna get us in trouble, Tom. <laughs> this is a this this show is one hundred percent for profit, <laughs> not, not for the people, not for the state. <laughs> yeah. 
We've given the people the means of production. Oh my god, we have. <laughs> we really have. Oh. We have them writing reviews. We're the communist world <laughs> now. <laughs> move on, move on. Poop, 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 monster. Reviewed Wonder <laughs> like Woman. You said it like poop, 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 monster. Like <laughs> it was like the guy at the the <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, yeah, Sunday. Exactly. <laughs> poop monster. Poop monster. <laughs> the monster Wonder truck Woman guy. Give a story a three out of five, and the art of two, two, two out of five. Pick a week percentage was 0.21%. Very little. I couldn't keep that for the whole review. My throat was going to explode. So I was just going to do it in a normal voice. Poop Monster said, in this issue of the arc, we are seeing a more grown-up Wonder Woman than the teenager she appeared to be in the first two parts of this arc. JMS has been building up the mythology around Diana in a slow manner using the Greek mythos. JMS has found one of the few easy ways to tell a good Wonder Woman story, which is to start with it from scratch. Take the original product, update all the parts while sticking to the main theme like an Elseworlds story. The problems with, the, with are the art and the pacing. Some events seem to be drawn out of multiple pages just to fill the space, which gives JMS a chance to write bad dialogue. Other times within three pages, so much has happened, I had to flip back for a WTF moment. Um, this issue had like three pencilers and three inkers or something like oh, that. Oh, really? It's already at that point? It was two pencilers and three inkers. Actually, it was pretty funny because the cover, you know how they put the credits in the cover? Yeah. And there were one, two, three, four, five, six names. <laughs> And then, and then there's normally like three. So I saw that and I went, oh no, because oh. Kramer's great, but he only did a little bit of it. And then there's another guy who did the rest of it. And the yeah. art, the art was the big problem in this issue. The art, the story is really good. I'm enjoying the story a lot, but the art is well. At least they're putting it out on time. Yeah, no, that's true. Unlike Superman, which is getting a fill-in issue. Yeah. Which I'm pissed about because I want to know what happens next. He was going to the magical land of Oz. I <laughs> <laughs> just it silenced me. That was. <laughs> <laughs> You remember last time? I think I think Tom was here last time we talked about it. When I he think was, so. He, he went to save Detroit, then he went to Oz. Yep. Oh, that's right. It's been so long. Where's he going next? I feel so uh, bad for that story in Cincinnati. Like Cincinnati, I think it's Cincinnati. No, it's, it, it, you know the whole story. It was the yes. it's going to be in Cincinnati, but then then it, it shipped. It got pushed back a month, and the guy, the poor retailer, got the mayor to to make it Superman Day, and they're going to have a parade, uh, and he hired uh, an actor. Now, what we don't know is whether he hired an actor to play Superman or he hired Dean Cain. It was never established whether he hired a Superman actor or not. But <laughs> I see an issue where Superman is confused by macaroni and his chili, <laughs> <laughs> and then he then he lectures somebody on it. So when the it's too many carbs. When the Cincinnati issue come, finally comes out in October, it's not even in Cincinnati; it's in a suburb. Oh God, what a nightmare! So yikes! And well. too many carbs. That's the thing. So. <laughs> Well, he's hitting, he's hitting the northern part of the country. That's going to be his ongoing issue to deal with. He's going to go to Wisconsin and all cheese problems. Stop, Stop <laughs> dipping your pizza in ranch dressing, everyone. <laughs> this is wrong. <laughs> Get off my back, Superman. <laughs> it tastes good. Oh. It's a so too much of rat here. in this cape if you get my meaning, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be user reviews. You can go make your own user review every week on iFanboy.com. Go to iFanboy.com slash comics. Pull, make your pull list, rate and review your books, and you write good reviews, we'll read them on the show. I want to see more, more people doing that because uh, there's a lot more people listening than doing the pull list. Make some pull lists. We want to see what yeah. the listeners are. Hey, a lot of the creators look at those pull lists. They want to know what you're pulling. So, yeah. you know. It takes you, two seconds on Monday, and it's fun. Be heard. It's, it's a lot of fun. So everybody's listening should go make a pull list next Monday. Yeah. That's my that's my feel. Now we told you about Comedy Central San Diego Comic Con, and everybody that went there had a great time. There were some awesome panels that they threw, and this year Comedy Central is going to be at New York Comic Con, and they're going to have an awesome, another awesome block of panels for you to attend, which is very cool. In room one A zero six on Saturday, October I almost said September October 9th at six fifteen p.m. is the Ugly Americans panel, where you can go behind the scenes of the animated series. Featuring a sneak peek of the new season, a Q&A session, and even more. The series follows Mark Lilly, a social worker at the Department of Integration, as he helps new citizens, both human and other, adapt to the hectic life in the Big Apple. Between his stressful job, a zombie roommate, and a demon ex-girlfriend, sounds familiar. Mark's lucky if he can sneak in a few minutes of sleep. But who can sleep when there's a drop-dead gorgeous mermaid sitting at the bar? <laughs> That's Ugly Americans panel 615 on Saturday, 10-9. At 7-15, right after that, is Comedy Central Nick Swarzden's Pretend Time panel. Nick Swarzden presents a sneak peek at his new Comedy Central sketch series. Nick Swarzden's hilarious world of make-believe incorporates every reach of the imagination from time travel accidents to the gay robot on your college campus to a pirate cruise unfortunately located treasure map. Nick's abundant personas and hysterical sketches are sure to keep you laughing. Get ready to experience Nick with a sneak peek of the series, a Q&A with Nick, 
and even more. And, and for, after that, well, but before that, but I mean, from what I heard, the the sneak peek of the series is going to be like normally, like they're they don't show a lot of the shows, but like they're going to show a lot of the show. And and he's really of, funny. So. And was just say he's he's one of my favorite parts of Reno Nine One One. He's the he's the gay roller skater guy. Um, yes, he's also great stand up. I, I love yeah. his stand up specials. They're really funny. Yeah, he's really good. So I'm I'm excited about this one. So. And then after that, at 8.15 to 8.45, Comedy Central presents a special South Park surprise. Yep. They're not really saying much, but there's going to be some exciting things that are going to happen. You, so if you you're a South Park fan... Yeah, you know if they're doing a panel on South Park, it's going to be worth going if you're a fan. So yeah, uh, They're just hinting of lots of surprises. So if you're a big fan of South Park, which many people are, you should go there yep. and, and check it out. And if you go to ifanboy.com, you can see uh, the information about uh, Comedy Central sponsoring a giveaway to iFanboy members. Um, so you definitely want to uh, check that out because you can win some really cool stuff. Um, yes, which is uh, I don't have in front of me. There's some but, DVDs, some South yeah. Park season DVDs, <laughs> signed posters like Nick Swords I'm, is going to be signed. I'm vamping. Stuff. I'm vamping. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I got it, and um, yeah, so we're going to two have- ugly American posters signed by the show cast and crew, autographed Nick Swords and pretend time poster, and South Park DVDs. Yeah, so if you're a Comedy Central fan, you definitely want to you definitely want to become an iFanboy member, and so you're eligible for that. So when yep. are we giving those away? I don't know. After the con. Okay, after yeah. the con. So check those out at fanboy.com, but also check out comedycentral.com for more great info on these shows and all the upcoming stuff they've got going there. Yep. It's a good website, actually. Cool. On to the emails. Our first email is from Chinese Taco from New York. That's a, that's a mixed uh, now, uh, cultural metaphor. Now, that could be either a horrible joke about something horrible or the fact that almost every place I go to in New York where they're making um, Mexican food is made by Chinese cooks. There's a new Mexican place here in San Francisco, and they have duck tacos. That could be good. Yeah. Anyway, um, so Chinese Taco writes in. We're not going to question what it's about. Tom, you still with us? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Because this, just th- this one's for you, Tom. This one's for you. All right. Here we go. In an all-out battle for the multiverse, who do you think would be the victor between Thanos and Darkseid, and why? I don't think they would fight. Is it Darkseid? Dark side. Dark side. Okay. Just I think checking. they would really. I think they'd hit it off. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you had to have them fight, I. You know, I. If you like the end of Scott Pilgrim, <laughs> they'd start yeah, the fight yeah. and they'd end up yeah. talking yeah. about where to get breakfast. He's actually he's a look like, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Dark Side's pretty cool. It's all right, guy. <laughs> I don't, I don't, like I don't mind. The, I don't mind the jaw as much. It's like looking in a mirror. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say I'd say Dark Side only because I think Thanos has a real death wish. Yeah. yeah, you know, you seen quite her? Quite yeah, Ooh, yeah. Yeah, Thanos always seems to. I mean, Dark Dark Side seems to be more, mo- not motivated, but um, stay on fo- stay on point. He stays on. He stays on target. Where Th- yeah, where Thanos gets distracted super easily. I mean, Dark Side is running an entire planet that is a top of like the pyramid of synergy. He's yeah. got everyone working towards what his one goal, which is just Ant- like, anti life. <laughs> Dark side is Steve Jobs. <laughs> yeah, he's just. Oh, and one more thing. Here's the, <laughs> the Omega effect. I think the really thing that DC's missing out on is the dark side administrative issue where we find out how he runs all this stuff. Yeah. He takes care of sewage. Before, What's the bureaucracy like on, on Apocalypse? Before Desaad tortures someone, he's got to <laughs> get like permission from, you know. The assistant to Darkseid on behalf of torturing. You know, yeah. he's just this guy in an office. <laughs> Darkseid oh. Dark needs his muffin at 10 a.m. every morning. <laughs> Darkseid. You have to pick off all the chocolate chips. Yeah, Th- Thanos doesn't have the, the organization that Darkseid yeah. has. Yeah, that's a good point. So Thanos never. I've, yeah, yeah. Darkseid would just crush him. He's he's Darkseid. He's, he's brought Superman to his knees. I agree. But I mean, Th- Darkseid- this is assuming Thanos doesn't have the Infinity Gauntlet. Well, that changes True. everything. Yeah, that changes everything. Well, I mean, Darkseid is somebody who's really taken his hobby and made it his profession, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, which is pretty incredible. And, and Thanos is like a failed entrepreneur. He's always trying something new, and it just keeps crashing <laughs> down. Guy just can't get a break. He's the gill. <laughs> he's the gill of the Marvel cosmic universe. <laughs> Come on! Come on! Just give Thanos a chance. <laughs> Let me kill everybody. Oh, I can do it. I can do it. Really? <laughs> this is the one, Thanos. <laughs> Straightens his tie. <laughs> Go get him. <laughs> oh, God. Thanos is Gil. Oh, I love it. We just keep adding more characters to our pantheon. I love it. <laughs> if only we could get an animated deal where we could use other everybody else's characters. Oh, but different be- interpretations. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Judgmental Steve Rogers. Oh, speaking of an update on Judgmental Steve Rogers, by the way. Um, yeah. December is... 
is an all mutants, all X Men book where Steve Rogers judges the X Men. Swear to God, it's in, God. It's in con, previews. Mutants, con, mutants, con, mutants, <laughs> stinking mutants. So seriously, get your order, get your pre orders in. I forgot what it's called, but it's in dot. It's in previews that just came out, and it's it's literally said Steve Rogers uh, weighs in on the mutants. <laughs> the description is hysterical. <laughs> Cyclops is one of the good ones. Oh, God. uh, Anchor mute babies. uh, Read the next email. I'm going to find the solicitation text. Matthias from Belgium. He says, do you feel slash notice that since Robert Kirkman made his controversial controversial statement about creator-owned work, creators themselves have begun to start working on more creator-owned work? Or more in general, do do they value this work more since the beginning of the discussion? What about you guys and your listeners? What I'm trying to say is, did Robert Kirkman succeed in his quest for more creator-owned work appreciation? I don't think that's what he was going for. I don't think Personally. it was for us. Yeah. No, it was so, it they, it was so the industry. He was talking to the, the creators. Not I think it us. was very much not for us at all. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, it was very much for them. I mean, his yeah. whole point was that you, could, you, could, you don't need to work for Marvel or DC to, to make a lot of money. That was his point. And, I mean, it depends on your point of view whether it's, it was a success or not. I think so, uh, to some degrees it was and some degrees it's not. I, I mean, I don't think Marvel and DC are ever going to go anywhere. So I think it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a fool's errand. But I think I've seen tons of success with creator-owned stuff. So, you know. So. At the same time, his goal wasn't to bring down Marvel and DC. Oh, no, yeah. That, that, the, uh, that his point was that maybe your goal shouldn't be to write other people's products. It should be to make your own products and, and own them. Yeah, which I, th- I don't think is unfair. No. Yeah. Um, but... I mean, if you, on the whole, there's probably not any more creator-owned work. I mean, it didn't help that right after we made the announcement, the economy went to shit. So people are probably not going to take as many people going to take a, a chance on making their own books when they can get a paycheck from Marvel and DC. But yeah, so uh, knows, it wasn't meant for us and not. On, no, it was for Okay, okay. So I found it. Heroic Age X Men number one. All right, it's in the December solicitations. As mutant kind begins to pull back from the brink of extinction, Steve Rogers joins the fight. Appraising the state of mutants today, Steve assesses the X-Men, X-Factor, the New Mutants, the Five Lights, and more from the mutant community. This 64-page Heroic Age Files book also includes considerations for the humans who have sympathized with the mutant condition. Oh my god! Whoa! (laughs) Right off the bat in the... (laughs) The 64-page Heroic Files book also includes considerations for the humans who have sympathized with the mutant condition. They really said sympathizers? And takes takes aim at the worst of anti-mutants anti-mutant bigotry see, oh. see the world of mutants from steve rogers vantage point featuring everyone from apocalypse to x23 mutant sympathizers, <laughs> sympathizers. there should be a band in the marvel universe called mutant synthesizer <laughs> <laughs> but oh it's it's free you do not want to miss that in december i cannot wait till it comes out oh my god it's gonna have be to great. talk about it on the show when it yeah. comes out. oh man Anyway. Steve Rogers judges you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Those people. Yep. <laughs> uh, speaking of judging, it would be good judgment to uh, start using Discount Comic Book Service if you'd like to get your books uh, for a, a healthy amount off. They have monthly specials up to 75% off, 40% off all major publishers. There's flat rate shipping of five ninety five on all U.S. orders. You can get anything that appears in previews. There's over 9,000 trade paperbacks in stock. You can go online if you're one of those people that enjoys using the internet uh, to find out information. And you can check it out at dcbservice.com. Excellent. DCB service is good. So, all right. Well, good times. Now we got a lot of stuff. We're going to skip the voicemails because we got a lot of stuff to talk about. But keep calling in. Leave a voicemail at 1-888-FANBOYS, 1-888-326-2697. And also email us at contact.fanboy.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, but... Important stuff to talk about before we get to New York Comic Con stuff. We've got giveaways. We're giving away the farm at ifanboy.com. If you go over there, there's a red post that was highlighting the giveaways we've been doing in all through August, September, and going to continue on into October. Our first giveaway is the free download of <laughs> Warner Brothers movie 300 with extras. Um, this is a very, very cool offer to, to be able to download the movie 300 with a ton of extras, awesomeness. And our winner is the uh, very lucky Ventura de, uh, de Leon. 
I mispronounced that name. Ventura de Leon. There you go. It's like a Spanish explorer. It is. Yeah. Well, uh, it's a classy name. So, uh, so congratulations, Ventura. We'll be emailing you with uh, information on your free download. So that's awesome. Yeah, that was courtesy of Warner Brothers. You can download the movie now from iTunes, and they've got all kinds of free extras. And that was the free giveaway. Good stuff. And so now our big giveaway, though, is related to New York Comic Con. Um, we're giving away the chance to tag along with us when we go interview Stan Lee. Yes, Stan the mm. Man Lee. This is your opportunity. Tom, you did not win, unfortunately. Ah. But, um, Stan Lee wants to sell you a time shit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but uh, we know that not everybody could attend New York Comic Con, so we wanted to make sure that somebody who wasn't attending New York Comic Con could win something as well. So our first winner is is not attending New York Comic Con, we don't think, and is the winner of uh, some signed, some free swag that Stan's going to sign at the con for you. We don't know exactly what it's going to be, but it's going to be cool. And it's going to have Stan's signature, so that's awesome. If anything, you could sell it on eBay. Um, and our winner of that is <laughs> is Brian Horton. So congratulations, Brian. Uh, you may not be going to New York Comic Con, but you still won. It's going to um, be a brochure for a timeshare signed by Stan Lee. <laughs> sign right beneath where Stan signed. Excelsior states. <laughs> Excelsior. <laughs> Uh, but so now our our grand prize winner, the person who's going to be able to uh, come with us to meet Stan Lee on Saturday the Con, uh, is Michelle Hay, who just signed up for an iFanboy membership like several days ago. So there you go. It pays to win. <laughs> it pays to be a member. Got to be in it to win it. Got to be in it to win it. So <laughs> Michelle got in. It's on the deadline. So congratulations, Michelle. You're going to be we're going to be meeting up with you uh, at the Comic Con. You'll come with us when we go, and you can watch an, a very awkward interview happen. <laughs> and, Stan Lee forgot his wallet. Do you buy him lunch? <laughs> <laughs> can you loan me five dollars? Come on, I created Spider Man. Oh God. <laughs> okay. Do you Make love Spider Man? <laughs> I don't, sure. I don't have, you got Ron? Do you have ten? I don't have any money. Surely you've read my comics. <laughs> Pay up. <laughs> oh God! So congratulations, Michelle. We're looking forward to that. You can see our interview with Stan Lee um, on the iFanboy Video Show later in a couple of weeks. So that'll happen. Um, Stan Lee can use a beer. <laughs> We've got other podcasts on iFanboy.com in addition to all the giveaways. Um, and on Monday, we've got a great Don't Miss uh, podcast. That's our podcast where we talk to a uh, creator about a comic that's coming out this coming week. Uh, and this week, we're going to be talking with uh, Marvel writer Fred Van Lente about Chaos War number one because I have no clue what it's about and I want him to tell me. So um, that's so you can tune in and hear that. Um, Hercules, I believe. Right? Her- something with Hercules. Something. With the- All I know is that somehow Alpha Flight gets in the mix. So that's. that's oh jeez. But um, we that's also a, that'll that'll burn up the charts. Yeah, exactly. We also <laughs> um also been doing a ton of talks blows. Um, you might have heard. Uh, oh jeez, like a week and a half ago or two weeks ago, we talked to Jim McCann about uh, Return of Dapper Men. This past week, uh, Josh talked to artist Ryan Stegman, who's crazy. Um, <laughs> and uh, next week, uh, Connor and you and some of the gang at iFanboy talked about the Superman Batman Apocalypse movie that just came out, right? Correct. Me and Paul and Chris Neesman and Ryan Hopped. But then the week after that, Paul, Josh will be talking to Scott Snyder about American yeah. Vampires. So there'll so, be a lot of shows. So much stuff coming up. out. Yeah. So definitely, you want to make sure you're subscribed to all the feeds, but you also want to make sure you subscribe to Tom vs. the Flash, which is, by the way, yep. gripping. This is, the trial is we're right in the middle of a very long story. The, the, <laughs> the lawyer drama. I've I've been loving the lawyer drama. Kids lo- I listen. Kids love lawyer drama. <laughs> they love hearing about. Oh, I dropped this. Uh, I dropped the manslaughter charge for a murder charge, which I I don't think you can just do <laughs> during the trial. I don't think you're allowed to switch with the charges like the morning when you show up. Yeah, no, it would be. I guess it would be more fun in the DC universe to follow like court cases if they could just like randomly switch things. I can tell you, it oh, was it was gri- it was gripping. It was great. It was um. I the, the, hear your descriptions, your your succinct descriptions of what the trial was like. Uh, had me on the edge of my seat. So well, the, for me, the most exciting thing was I'm actually like a week behind. So I've been catching up, and I have one of the issues. Oh wow! I'm just I'm just waiting excitedly to get to that show so I can read along. I've never done that before. I'm excited. I know. I'm really excited for it. Yeah. I hear it's during the it, trial. It's definitely during the trial, so I'm excited about that. It, it, it's it, the trial. I've always previous to doing it. I've always been like, oh, they should reprint that. And now I'm like, yeah. <laughs> 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 now that I've reread it for the first time, I long time. So yeah. people should, should subscribe. Tom vs. the Flash. Just search for it in iTunes or search for it in Google. You can find it, and it's yes. it's honestly it's way better than this podcast. So and give them the URL again, Tom. Uh, you can go to my blog spot, which is tomversusflash.blogspot.com. Yeah. 
So I if you just Google it. Tom versus Flash, you yeah. ignore some of the fan fiction. Uh, it's not sanctioned. <laughs> the slash fiction. Uh, it's awkward, yeah. Uh, awkward indeed. And, and just go to the, the uh, change your search to safe, moderate. <laughs> You'll be fine. It'll be good. Fine. It's not a problem. I'm a big fan of the Tom uh, Josh slash fiction. Oh, awkward. At first was weird, but then it was beautifully written. What's funny though, no, but I'm a much bigger fan of the Tom uh, Rogue Gambit slash fiction, which I think is is a different dynamic that I didn't think would work, but it's been good. Listen, uh, all these things are they're just tools. (laughs) As long as you're telling a good story. It's not the characters, it's the story. If, if Gambit and Rogue and I are sharing one sleeping bag, it's just a tool to tell a story. Magic might happen. It's fine. It's yeah, also cold. Yep. It's what cold. Yeah. Conserving body heat. Dude's got needs. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, New York Comic Con. Steve Rogers up. is going to put that on my con list. <laughs> I'm a sympathizer. Threesome with mutants. <laughs> Uncontrollable needs. Oh, man. Leads to deviant behavior. But I just need to know that, that I continued going through that he- superheroes book, and I did find him uh, judging a man for his uh, recreational behavior. He paladin in the cons. He said, known womanizer. Mm. Unknown, unlike all those unknown. Yeah, exactly. Unlike, unlike Hank Pym. <laughs> or Cockeye. Yeah, or fuck, where's Hank Pym? He didn't, he didn't raid Hank Pym. He beat his wife. <laughs> At all? Hank Pym's not even in the book? I know, now i got to find it. I'm looking it up. Okay, talk about New York Comic Con while I look this up. New York Comic Con's coming up this weekend, and we'll be there in force. We'll have a booth. Let me tell you where that booth is located. It's booth number 1751. It's right between the Image and Marvel booths, and it is the iFanboy slash Graphically booth. And we will be there intermittently, but there will always be somebody there from Graphically to say hi. You can learn about, the, you can learn about Graphically if you're on Foursquare and you're following Graphically. You can go there and check in. You can get a code for free comics on the app yep. and maybe even some swag. So go to foursquare.com slash Graphically and follow us there. Yeah, and so that's where we'll be at the booth. We'll be there occasionally. If there are chairs, we'll be there more than occasionally <laughs> because we're old. And our knees have seen lots of cons. Uh, and then there's the big Bergen Street iFanboy party Saturday night, October 9th. Starts at 8 o'clock. Goes to a question mark. It is at Bergen Street Comics, which is at 470 Bergen Street in Brooklyn, New York. You can take the two or three train right to the corner, um, right like a few blocks from Javits Center, and then it drops you right at the corner in Brooklyn at uh, the comic shop. It's not that scary. There are directions on fmboy.com. It's pretty easy. Guest of honor is going to be Jeff Johns or Francis Manipole. It's going to be a flash theme party. Everyone's going to have to spend the whole time running. <laughs> or or lifting their <laughs> shirt. <Like a> flash <laughs> Yeah, so... Um, check it out if you want to hang out with us and Jeff Johns and Francis Manipal. Tom will be there. Ron will be there. Yeah, Josh yeah. will be there. A lot of people. Molly be will be there. Listen, um, listen the I'll, entire crew will be there. Chris, I'll Chris be outside. Will be there. I'm not. I'm not very Jason actually going to get inside. <laughs> listen, everyone. A lot of people are going to be there. If you go yeah. to if you go to if you go to Facebook.com/slash/ifanboy, there's a or you go to ifanboy.com and the New York Comic Con post there's a link to RSVP for it. Let us know if you're coming. But as it stands now, it looks like a lot of people are coming. So don't feel the need to get there at eight o'clock. <laughs> You can filter in as the evening goes. Um, there are there's some cool places to, to to hang out around the comic book store. If it gets too packed, we want everyone to go. We want everyone to have a good time. We want everyone to meet Jeff and Francis and and us. And we want to meet you and all stuff like that. But you know, just let's you know. Let's there all... might be some spillover into the place next door. There's a couple of bars within a block that people we might spill over into. Let's be but, safe. Uh... Yeah, be safe. Be safe out there. So. Should I have my wallet out when I get off the train? Just so yeah. you should, you should, that's how you should flag people down to ask directions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Excuse me, Brooklynite, I have $50. <laughs> Could you tell me how to get to the comic books? <laughs> this is your sequential art store. <laughs> sequential art store. All right, so Hank Pym is in this book. And, and under prose, multidisciplinary scientific genius... Size changing powers, flight, insect control, stun gun, miniaturized high tech arsenal, leadership skills. Right. All right. Cons, mental instability, self esteem issues, obsessive, depressive. <laughs> brutally honest. He's brutally honest. Yeah, but he's also letting him get away with murder. Wife beater. Steve, Steve plays favorites. Anyway, so come to the party. We'll talk about Steve Rogers' assessments. I'll have the book with me, and we can laugh out. No, I'm not going to rant. I'm just kidding. But anyway, you so, might be at the store though. We can check it out. Yeah, maybe. Show. Yeah. So really excited. And and if you're if you didn't buy any books at the con or you're looking to get some books, Bergen Street is a great place to shop. So uh, hopefully um, you guys will all patron it while you're there and get books for Jeff and Francis to sign and all that stuff. Yes. So it'll be a good time. So we're looking so looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast. Um, I'll be there at five minutes to question mark. 
Yes, exactly. Don't look me in the eye. Yep. <laughs> Never look Connor in the eye. That's the thing. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, come to the party. It'll be a great time. And if you need information on the party or our booth location or any of the fun stuff about New York Comic Con, go to ifanboy.com. There's a whole post there all about New York Comic Con, as well as Josh's Pick of the Week review, which I'm sure was very good. I didn't read it. Um, but based on Connor and Tom's description of the book, it probably was a great review. And um, there's all this other great writing. I'm kidding. I read it. Um, and there's all the other great writing on the site. Um, all the other great writers that are at iFanboy, you definitely want to write uh, check them out see what they're doing there um and you can go check out word balloon which comes out every tuesday thursday ish with all the great uh conversations with uh brubaker recently tony harris good times there go to ifanboy.com slash about to see all of our uh social network links you can follow us on twitter twitter.com slash ifanboy uh last week was our red hulk video show which i think went over really well i thought it was, I thought it was really good I don't know if you watched it no one, no one got too angry about it yeah you know? no one got, we thought it would be a little more decisive so um decisive. Uh, Whatever. Um, it was extremely decisive. You won. <laughs> so there, uh, a little announcement about the video show. There is not going to be a video show this coming week, um, and we, we're posting a post up on ifanboy.com so you can read more about it. But we just want to announce that uh, we are, as ifanboy, are, have grown, and as you've seen us grow over the past year, we team it up graphically, doing a lot more stuff on the site. Um, it's, we're kind of sad to say that we've now outgrown our relationship with Revision 3, so uh, the Red Hulk show will be the last episode that's distributed by Revision 3. Um, there's a full post. You can read all about it. Nothing but goodwill between Revision 3 and us. Hey, I work there. I mean, it's not going to be, you know, like it's not no hard. Awkward. It's, um, uh, basically, we got to a point where we've, you know, we kind of did all we could. We've been there for three years. We've been working with them very closely, and, and there are directions we want to take the video show in, directions they want to go in, so we figured now is a good time to split part ways. So we're going to take a week or two off. We haven't quite figured out exactly. It's going to be a short hiatus, and we'll be back with all of our New York Comic Con coverage this October, so stay tuned. Um, we're not going to stop doing uh, great videos for you. In fact, we might do more and different kind of videos and stuff like that, so um, it should be more good. More graphic? More graphic, that's for they sure. They turned down the Lost Girls show. Yeah, that's that was really that was really the point. Alan Moore, yeah, no. but um, Connor's boudoir moment. We had, we had the walk after that that's what it was i did a i did an anthology segment with uh, just a robe and they decided that was just too much too much, too much. <laughs> but so big thank you to revision three for the years of support we wouldn't have a video show probably without them so uh so everybody still continue to watch the great shows with revision three uh like like like, <laughs> like, app, like app judgment and uh, <laughs> and look forward, and, and we'll we'll probably be working with revision three in different ways down the road i mean we're still we're still great friends so all will be good so lovely yeah now you can email us at contact.fanboy.com, call our voicemail on at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697 for any questions, comments, concerns. Make them good. Keep the voicemails around 30, 45 seconds. Tell us who you are and where you're from. That's for the emails, too. We'd like to know where you're from. I want your name. So we can find you. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can and find if, that. if you like these guys, write them a review. It doesn't cost you anything. Just your time. And if you have time to listen to the show, you have time to write a review. Let's face it. Just do it. And tell your friends. <laughs> Threaten them. Tell your mom to listen to it. Beg your mom to listen to it. Uh, just Please whatever listen. Whatever it takes. Please <laughs> listen. Just spread the word about them. They need it. And Tom vs. Flash it. as well. Yeah, and write a review for me as well. Write a review for me, and then write a review for them. Or it's, it, it nourishes Tom's fragile ego. <laughs> I, listen, I'm a mess. <laughs> if, you've me, if you've never met me before, wait until, wait until you get a hold of me in person. <laughs> Wait till you get a load of me. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be fun. I can't. I, I can't wait for some of the awkward moments on the con floor, Tom. This is a, those are my favorite. Uh, favorite I'm like times. a magnet. Yep. <laughs> 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 All right, so we're gonna have a great time in New York Comic Con. We'll be back next week. Um, and so until until then, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Tom. <laughs> you okay? You okay, big guy. Yeah, I'm fine. I'll pull it together. <laughs> I know the way. Yeah, you know the way. Get on your skinny knees and pray. Maybe not today. You gotta see the dream.